Nurses and Hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. Welcome back, nurses and hypochondriacs. Happy 2019! Yep, it's the beginning of the year, and it's the season to diet. I mean, even Sprouts has a special on apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar, wall to wall. Pretty crazy. And you guessed it, today we're going to talk about diets, in particular the number one most Googled diet of 2018, the ketogenic diet. It has people going a bit cray cray, if you know what I mean. It's all over social media. People are fighting whether they're doing it right, whether they're doing it wrong, or whether it's really that healthy for you. It's a diet that's been around since 500 BC. At the turn of the 20th century, it was used for people who had diabetes. And then in 1920s, a doctor found out it helped people who had epilepsy. But today, it's causing a craze. So join us as we talk about keto craze or keto crazy. But first, a word from our sponsor. Nurse Backpack is a free mobile app designed to help nurses and nursing students manage both their credentials and careers. The app is awesome and very easy to use. You take a photo of your credentials, licenses, immunizations, and other documents, and it's all stored on a secure cloud-based server. The app allows you to set up two different expiration date reminders so you can get a notification on your phone before anything ever expires. Nurse Backpack will even build a resume package for you. If you input your work history and specialties, then the app will package everything together into a professional PDF for you to send to anyone, allowing you to apply to your dream job with one click of a button. With Nurse Backpack, you never have to worry about losing another document, missing a shift due to expired licenses, or keeping track of all the paperwork. The app does it all for you. Click the link in the description at the end of this podcast to download the app for free today. And we have a returning guest, Ben Morgan. Uh, He was on our Ew, Don't Wash and Reuse Your Condoms uh, (laughs) a few episodes back. So he's returning. So he's an ICU nurse in the Air Force Station in Alaska. He's been a nurse for eight years. He's been experimenting with different diets for most of his adult life. He tried vegetarian, vegan, paleo, and keto, among others. He's been mostly keto for almost two years and recently mostly carnivore. Welcome back, Ben Morgan. Thank you. Glad to be here. Okay, great. Um, And I'll bring on our second guest. I am excited about our second guest. He's so awesome. I watch his YouTube channel. I love his YouTube channel. I've tried many of his recipes. And he's a YouTuber, and he is the host and chef of Headbangers Kitchen. Uh, So he's a YouTuber by day. He's a metal musician by night. He's passionate about food and cooking, and currently on a mission to make the keto diet easy, tasty, and very achievable. And welcome, Sahil Makahija. Horns up. 
Did I say your name right? <laughs> the last name I probably butchered. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, close enough. Sahil Makija. <laughs> Sahil Makija. And I said it like five times after. That's okay. Everybody messes up my name. But Sahil Makija. So there. Welcome, gentlemen. So let's go ahead and start with you, Sahil. How did you get into cooking? You said you've been cooking on, I, I read on your bio, on your uh, website since you were 12 years old. Yeah, I've always kind of loved food and food has been a very uh, big fact. Even when my parents go out and they out someplace, then the first thing they talk about is the food. And uh, growing up around a lot of good food, I guess I was just very naturally inclined towards eating. And I think because I have a very finicky palate and like I don't really like spicy food. I like my food to be cooked a certain way. Uh, cooking kind of just came naturally to me to kind of, you know, uh, do it myself. And uh, yeah, that's just how I got started, you know. Very cool. And what turned you on to the ketogenic diet? So um, like most people who like to eat, I've been struggling with weight for a long time. And uh, I did a lot of different kinds of diets over the years. And a friend of mine who was also a bandmate uh, started doing the keto diet and he lost 30 kilos and he was quite overweight. And I remember he did the keto diet, but he did not understand what he was doing. He just got a diet from a dietitian who told him to basically lay off the carbs and eat high fat and moderate protein. And I was actually one of his detractors telling him that he's going to get a heart attack and die. <laughs> so, so he did the diet. He lost 30 kilos successfully. Uh, my wife, who also wanted to lose some weight, uh, was very inspired by his weight loss. And especially since it was without any exercise. So she actually did all the research on the keto diet and started it herself. And I was still not convinced. I was like, listen, this does not sound right. You know, eating high fat, what's up with that? And she lost 10 kilos and she explained the science to me after which I was like, okay, you know what? You both have lost weight. You both are doing great. I better get on this and see what it's all about. And, you know, ever since then, there's been no looking back. That's awesome. So Ben, how did you get into the keto? Because uh, through your bio that you sent, you've been experimenting with diets for a while now. Yeah, um, I started I mean, growing up, I I was kind of struggling with weight as well and tried different diets. Um, tried vegan for a while. I was dating a, a girlfriend who was vegetarian and then vegan for a while. So I was kind of following along with what she was doing for a bit. And then um, it wasn't really working. I was kind of doing the typical, you know, eat your whole grains, low fat kind of thing. Typical what, you know, um, dietary recommendations are. That didn't really work well either. And then I heard about paleo tried paleo for a while and that worked pretty good. I, I lost a lot of weight, um, got much more fitter and um, did that for a few years. And then gradually in the last few years, I kind of noticed that I just felt better the less I cheated in the lower carbs. And um, so I kind of gradually reducing carbs and then a lot changed last January when I started hearing more about this big um, carnivore diet and a lot of people were getting, um, really fit and having good results doing carnivore diet, just eating nothing but animal products. So I tried that last January and I honestly, I've never felt better. 
that month. I slept better. Yeah, I slept better. Had tons of energy. Um, I felt amazing just only eating meat. So now since that last January when I did that, I've introduced some stuff back in, but I mostly am now just like 90, 95% just meat is mostly all I eat now. Oh, wow. So why did you go into the carnivore diet? I mean, you're a nurse, you know, the health, I, I mean, in nursing school and in healthcare, it's like they're saying meat is bad. You know, most cardiologists will try to push you towards a plant-based diet. So why go to the carnivore diet? Well, with paleo is always has never, I've never shied away from meat, but they also are very into, you know, vegetables and some fruit here and there, as long as you don't go too far into it. So going into paleo, I was never, I wasn't really afraid of it, but I guess initially it was just doing my own research on it and seeing that a lot of nutrition epidemiology, epidemiological studies, um, it's not exact science. I mean, some epidemiology is, is good in certain areas, but nutrition, it's, it's very poor because they just, most of them are based on just surveys that people do. And they see that, um, what I'm done, for example, they'll see that someone just checks a box says, yes, I've eaten pizza. And they'll be like, oh, well, you've eaten meat. So, and you, so you're at risk for heart disease, but they don't count that pizza has a lot of other stuff on it too that could be causing problems. Um, so epidemiology is really poor when it comes to nutrition. It's not a very good science. So I've always kind of questioned things and um, yeah, just want to try it myself. Yeah. To tell you the truth, I always questioned certain diets myself as well, especially I used to work for a pharmaceutical company and we sold an oral antiplatelet drug and I had to go ahead and talk about how, you know, we used to sell it to heart attack patients. So I would go to nurses and do the educational um, talk about it and stuff. But then I really started to see, I was like, does meat really cause plaque? I don't think so. One day it was, uh, my toilet broke and um, I was going ahead and fixing it and I took apart my toilet and it was all corroded. There was a lot of like crystals, you know, a lot of calcium. And I was thinking, is this what happens to our arteries? Is the buildup really that plaque coming from something else, like from water, you know, all the heavy, all the heavy metals or crystals or whatever um, that's in our water, right? So a lot Could of people be. think, I mean, but... <laughs> My argument for that is no studies ever shown that that no studies ever exactly. proven that that diet cholesterol causes heart disease that cholesterol meat correlation is not causation just because something's correlated doesn't mean it's caused it it might contribute to it but it's not the cause and then think about just to go back to the basics of clogging pipes I mean your <laughs> arteries are way hotter than the pipes in your sink. Just right. that alone is something to kind of question it, you know? We're going to stick so like true. that. So true. So, Sahil, so how did you start a YouTube channel yes. on the cooking keto craze? Like, how much weight did you lose when you started it? You said your friend lost 30 kilos, your wife lost 10, and you lost? I lost about 10 kilos as well when I started it. But uh, the channel was actually something I started back in 2011. Uh, so I've been a metal musician for as long as I can remember. And um, it was around 2010 that I was uh, getting back 
into cooking as well. Uh, I was posting sort of recipe blogs on Facebook and uh, my band shot its first music video ever. So I kind of was watching a lot of YouTube cooking videos and I thought to myself, you know, why don't I uh, turn my sort of written recipes into video tutorials because I'm watching all these YouTube channels and they look so great and they're doing so well. So I asked the director of my band's music video if he would be interested in filming my recipe videos and kind of doing something together with that, you know. Uh, and uh, we we sort of brainstormed and decided that, okay, we could do something. It needed to be little more than just a cooking show, which is how we came up with Headbangers Kitchen, where I would uh, cook a recipe based on uh, the band I would later interview in the show and then would eventually taste the food. So that was the original format of the show. It was actually a heavy metal cooking show where I would interview a band, cook a dish uh, named after them or one of their songs, and then they would taste it. So I actually ran this uh, for about four years, I think, yeah, till about 2015, when I finally, after four years of sort of, you know, really working at it, and it wasn't doing anything for me in terms of, uh, like, financially, it wasn't doing anything, neither was it getting very popular. And I just figured, like, I would rather invest that time in doing more work for my band, so that I could make something out of it. So I, I literally said to myself, I'm done with this show. I'm just going to cook uh, recipe videos when I feel like it and just put it out there. And I was going to do it with one camera in my kitchen because before this, I was actually uh, shooting it in my living room where I would take all the furniture out. We would set up lights, a table, a gas stove. And yeah, it was a lot of work. So I was like, I'll do it yeah. when I feel like at my own convenience. So I actually started doing that during the year of 2015. And when I started the keto diet, I was like, okay, I'm eating cauliflower pizza and making zucchini noodles. This stuff more views and shares and likes and comments and people were like, can you do more? And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and it was around this time that I also uh, parted ways with this company that was managing my YouTube channel um, and with this like company sort of backing it over the last two years, I made $135. So <laughs> the, the month after I left this company, I made $100 in a month and I was like, oh, wow this can actually earn me like some amount of money. Like even if it's just to compensate me for the time I put into making a video, I was like, wow, this is great. So, uh, you know, that along with the fact that people were watching, sharing, commenting, they wanted more recipes, just kind of inspired me to do more videos. And the next thing you know, here I am, 300,000 subscribers and I'm doing YouTube full time. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. I love your recipes. I mean, um, about a year ago, I found the keto diet. I mean, I've always known about the keto diet because technically I was introduced to it in 1999 as a pediatric nurse because we were putting uh, kids with epilepsy on them. And so certain patients who, um, and I guess the protocol is if they are not 
uh, responding to three types of medications, they'll go ahead and put them on the ketogenic diet. And it is a hard diet for them to follow. And I remember the nutritionist would come in, she would come in with a scale. She, you know, there was butter involved. There was bacon, other types of fat and oils. And it was not very palatable for these kids. You know, it was really difficult. And as a child, you know, most of the stuff is very pushed to carbs and sugar. So these kids had to totally eat different from their friends. And it was very, very difficult. So that's the first time that I got exposed to it. And then years later, I started hearing nurses going, I'm in ketosis and, and showing their little pea sticks of their pH to each other and, and cheering themselves when they were in ketosis because that means they're losing weight. So I was like, okay, they're at, what are they doing? Why are they on the ketogenic diet? And then for myself, I was having a lot of um, health problems. I wasn't sleeping. I was urinating a lot during the night. Um, I was having a lot of fight or flight in my body, uh, lots of stress responses. So I found the Dr. Berg diet on YouTube. So he explained the ketogenic diet, how it works on your body. And he does more of the modified keto, which is what I think you do, right? Um, incorporating fruit, uh, incorporating certain fruits, and which is more like berries and vegetables to the diet. And it's not just only a protein and fat diet. So I did that and I lost 10 pounds right away, you know, and I felt good. I was sleeping through the night and um, I started looking more into it. And then I found your videos because I wanted different foods. And my favorites of yours are um, that I've tried the cauliflower mac and cheese, which I love. <laughs> um, what have I? What else have I tried? Oh, the mushroom soup is my favorite with the caramelized uh, oyster mushrooms on top. Love, love. That is my favorite. Um, I have tried the peanut butter waffles, but I don't like the stevia. You know, so that's anything with stevia doesn't like. Um, yeah, yeah. Jam with me. So, uh, and I did do the mug cake, which which was okay. You know, the chocolate mug cake. So, yeah. But I have to get into cooking more. So, um, I, I do want to try your pot stickers, the um, oh, yeah. cabbage pot stickers. So those I've been really wanting to, <laughs> yes. You know, try and stuff. So yeah, but I love love. So anyone listening should really go to the headbangers kitchen um and so so then how did you incorporate then your metal you music enjoy the recipes i do enjoy the recipes they're they're awesome they're easy okay so what i like about your channel is the recipes are very easy to follow they're short they're very entertaining <laughs> you know and then and your accent you're very funny i love it when you bring your wife on so um, where she's like tasting your recipes and stuff, it's great, you know, um, and it's, it's very entertaining. And sometimes when I'm shopping for my produce, I'm looking on the video, I'm watching your video like multiple times. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what did he put in that again? And while I'm buying my produce at Trader Joe's. So yeah, but, um, oh, there's your cat. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get out of it. That's so funny. Yeah, cool. But I, I absolutely, I'm a huge fan and I love it. And I love that you, um, like, if I'll post something on Instagram, you'll go ahead and comment. You know, I'll tag you and you're like, 
you know, you'll comment or you'll say thanks or, which is great. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's commenting. That's so awesome. You know? Yeah. That's, that's something I kind of uh, have always done because even as a musician, I don't know. I just felt like if people spend time uh, to like watch your videos or post something, I mean, it's, it's the least you can do sometimes. Yeah. I may not have time, but I'll make sure I hit that like button. So you know that I've seen it, uh, you know, cause I, I don't know. That's just something I've been doing since, uh, I started making music as well. You know, if someone commented on the song or somebody had something nice to say, always make it a point to re- reply and let them know, you know, that, hey, thanks a lot. Yeah, it, it really makes a difference to the fans because the fans are the ones supporting you, watching your stuff. And I think it's so important as well. Um, I try to communicate with my fans as much as possible too. Uh, the one or two fans that I have now. <laughs> but anyway so you've gotten backlash on the ketogenic diet right Sahil and Ben too right I've seen people comment on your Facebook like um, the pros and cons so what have you been hearing from people in the media world or you know certain fans Uh, me either one of you have you seen I don't know if I've I don't know if a lot of many of uh, people on Facebook have commented on mine. I mean, you hear it all like, oh, it's going to clog your arteries. It's going to give you a heart attack, all the usual stuff like that. Oh, and then, of course, I think a very common assumption that people don't know about the metabolism of it is they think that you're going to go into ketoacidosis, which is not right. being in ketosis. We should point out ketoacidosis is a medical emergency that happens to diabetics when you have extremely high ketones that you typically will not see when, uh, you know, when you're healthy otherwise, and extremely high glucose that, again, you will not see when you're healthy otherwise. I've seen, I think patients in ketoacidosis and they'll go to the ICU. I mean, they're in critical health. Right, right. And it's because their pancreas is not working properly. I mean, majority of the people who don't have diabetes, their pancreas is working properly. Yeah. Yeah. there, There are levels that you will not see if you're otherwise healthy yeah so they're very different and so people should not confuse that Um, yeah i think that's an excellent point that you bring up you know because um jillian jillian uh michaels was just um she was just debating on twitter a few days ago uh and and she was really bashing the keto diet i have her like tweets do you know who um Jillian Michaels is a heel. She used to be on this show called The Biggest Loser. Um, I had a friend who worked on the show and basically she would yell at fat people uh, to stop eating and to exercise. Have you, did you ever watch that show, Ben? I, I, I would watch it in the beginning, but it, it really turned me off. So, I was aware um, of it, but I never watched much you, of it. Yeah, yeah. It just it really wasn't that entertaining. But so she was bashing the ketogenic diet. I think I saw one series. You saw what? Go ahead. I think guys, I saw one one series of it or one uh, one season of of the show actually. Yeah, it went on for quite a long time, um, and uh, yeah, so she had a whole product line and everything. She had videos. And so now I was like, why is she bashing the diet? Well, she has a book coming out. So she's like, if you really want to know how to diet, you got to read my book. 
<laughs> of course, of course, you do. Of course. So I was like, oh, that's why she's bashing. And then I think Al Roker, who is a weatherman here on Channel 4 um, on a morning show, he was like backing up the keto diet. So I guess they got into a Twitter fight. Um, and she was saying something about macronutrients. You need your macronutrients. And with this diet, you don't get them. And I was like, macro, what is she talking about macronutrients? I don't know. I was very confused. So, um, one of the things that I find very interesting with these diets, when I was doing my research, it says, ask your doctor, ask your doctor, ask your healthcare physician. Well, here's the funny thing. When I would ask my healthcare practitioner about diet information, nobody knew what to tell me. You know, I think I fired about six healthcare practitioners. I went to one doctor and he gave me diet pills. <laughs> he was obese himself. He's like, here, just take the diet pills or take a blood pressure medication. Cause at the time my blood pressure was high. And I'm like, no, I need to figure out why my blood pressure is high. These are the symptoms I'm having, which are the symptoms I talked about before. So they just gave me a pill. I even have um, coworkers who tell me they don't know how to give diet advice to patients. You know, I don't know what to tell them. And as me as a pediatric nurse practitioner, I do get some really obese kids. You know, I get kids that are 11 years old who are 200 pounds, you know, almost up to 300 pounds as teenagers. And I have to tell their parents, like, we have a problem. They're like, oh, you think so? What's their regular weight supposed to be? I go, well, not 200 pounds, (laughs) you know? So it's, it's hard. And and so from my diet experiences, um, I've tried to get as much information as possible and to try in very small doses to cut the carbs. That's one of the biggest things that I tell them. So what are some of the symptoms that you felt were alleviated? I mean, we were talking about sleep. Um, Sahil, what do you, did you feel better on the ketogenic diet? So I'm going to be a bit controversial on this, that I'm actually, so I've done, I've done like vegan, carnivore, uh, keto and uh, and carbs as well. And honestly, for me, I don't really find a drastic difference in any of them. Um, I feel like I'm okay on all of them. Like my body functions absolutely fine. I sleep fine. Uh, I don't have, I mean, the only, I mean, there are a few things maybe I'd say at best I have that afternoon uh, nap time <laughs> feeling when I eat yeah. carbs at best. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, I don't particularly feel very different. I don't, uh, again, it's, it's, it, I guess everybody's wired differently. And, you know, the way one person experiences uh, a certain diet does not necessarily work for someone else, you know. Because I know there are people for whom keto has not worked. And uh, I know uh, for people, like we've seen every day, you know, vegans going carnivore and vegans getting out of the, the vegan diet or whatever. And then there are those who are thriving on certain, you know, diets. I I have so many vegan friends in India who are like, just, they're rocking it. So I think it's just figuring out what works for you. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to eating a menu. And if you're doing vegan, it doesn't mean just eat potato chips. (laughs) If you're doing keto, don't just eat bacon and eggs. I think that variety is what makes makes any diet sustainable, I think. 
I agree with you. I agree with you. When I first started keto, I lost um, a good amount of weight. And then I would get off keto and go back and forth whenever I felt I needed to. Um, and I didn't lose as much weight as I did the first time. Um, of course, I, I wasn't as strict as I was the first time. But I think you need to do, you're, you're right, you need to do what is good for you. I do sleep better now. Um, and I'm able to watch what I eat and how much I eat. I actually only most times eat once or twice a day. Um, I feel as, as a world or as a global world, I mean, or here in the United States, I can speak of, we eat way too much food and, um, you know, yes. I, <laughs> I think fasting is a good thing. I do a lot of intermittent fasting, which helps me. Uh, gives me a lot of energy uh, and uh, keeps me going throughout the day. If I only eat once or twice, I'm good, you know, without any snacks in between. But I've heard even on um, Instagram, some people with the ketogenic diet have said they have less brain fog. They feel more alert and more focused. And that's what the diet originally was for with these kids, uh, that have epilepsy is um, they were more focused, you know, and also kids who have ADHD have gone on it and have also been uh, more focused and um, have had symptoms decrease. Ben, what have you found? Yeah, all that for sure. Uh, I'm definitely less brain fog and whatever I do have a little bit, whenever I kind of go off, like the only time I ever really, um, cheat i guess here and there is like thanksgiving i made a paleo pumpkin pie and that's in that and i didn't i didn't feel that great then but it was, what's, in know, a, what's in a paleo pumpkin pie it's just like the crust is made with like almond flour um and it's pumpkin they, i think it uses a lot of like maple syrup yeah oh. so a little bit better ingredients than a typical you know not great but you know a little bit better i guess but anyway so that's kind of going off a little bit you know on a special occasion like that but that's pretty rare that i do that but I always feel worse. Like I sleep is worse that night. The next day I feel kind of groggy. Um, but then I do what you do. I fast for a while and kind of my body kind of cleans itself out and kind of just yeah. get right back on to the, to the good stuff the next day. But yeah, all that sleep is better. Energy's better. I notice I'm way more focused if I don't eat. Like if I really need to concentrate on something throughout the day and have tons of energy, I don't eat. I don't snack. I eat one or two meals a day. Sometimes I'll fast for multiple days. In July, I did a five-day fast. Wow. That's great during that time. For nurses, they'll be interested to know that my blood sugar at the end of the fifth day was 32. Oh, wow. Which most people would say that's an emergency, medical emergency. Yeah. But I felt absolutely fine. My ketones were like crazy high. I think the meter only goes up to eight, and it said unreadable. So it was over <laughs> eight. So... <laughs> Um, so that was an interesting little experiment. So I think once a year, I'll probably do like a long fast like that. Huh. But yeah, I've, I felt just, it's been, it's been great. Um, one point I wanted to go back to and mention, you talked about earlier about doctors and asking your doctors about diets. Um, I just want to point out doctors get very little nutrition training. They yeah. do. It's true. So it's not a, I'll just be upfront and say, it's not a good idea to ask your doctor what they should eat. They don't know. Um, they, uh, dietitians are a whole nother thing. They get training, but that's iffy. Um, but doctors yeah, their get training is iffy how, as well. Doctors get trained in how to treat sick people. Um, they, they know how to take care of sick people. If you ask them, how do I be healthy? 
they should shrug their shoulders and be like, I have no idea. I've never been trained in how to be healthy. Most of them should shrug their shoulders. It's very true. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's very true. And even um, nutritionists who I work with, uh, I, when I went to grad school, my um, study was in uh, pediatric obesity. I was very, very interested in it. And um, so now at work, I always speak to the nutritionist one-on-one and they don't know what they're doing. I mean, I tell them, hey, do you know about the ketogenic diet? Hey, um, let's talk about carbs. Hey, and they're like, oh, you have a lot of great information. So <laughs> and they'll come pick my brain because I'm really big on probiotics as well because I found that with my kids who, have, um, who are addicted to carbohydrates and who are eating a lot of sugar, I'll tend to do not really a fast, but I, I call it like a little bit of a detox. I um, have them stop the sugar, have them stop the carbs for at least three days and sometimes do no milk um, and sometimes no egg just to give their gut a rest and they'll take the probiotic once a day at night and it cuts their cravings, you know, mm-hmm. totally cleans out their gut just enough. And they, they say within three to five days, they do feel a difference where they're not constantly craving those carbs or that sugar. So, um, yeah, I'm really big on that. So, all righty. So just some studies. I mean, I just want to go back to who started the ketogenic diet because, um, I've been, for some reason, like I said, it's the number one diet now that's Googled, uh, before it was the Atkins diet. So, um, it was initially described by Hugh Conklin, a Michigan pediatrician. It's a high-fat, low-carbohydrate diet, a normal protein diet that has been used for treatment of medically refractory childhood epilepsy since the 1920s. Um, although its use became less frequent with the introduction of anticonvulsive medications, the diet has regained recognition over the past 15 to 20 years. Medical associations have not been enthusiastic to develop guidelines and to endorse the diet. So even if you ask your doctor, they won't know. So that's proof right there. <laughs> so um, so I, I guess the typical diet uh, here, it includes 80% fat, 15% protein, and 5% carbohydrate. The ratio of fat to carbohydrate plus protein ranges from, ranges from two to one to four to one, with a higher ratio seen as more restrictive. So that's the keto in a nutshell. But like, there's so many variations. I think there's about typically five different variations, and one of them is the intermittent fasting. So, alrighty. Anything else you guys want to add? I mean, a lot of celebs are doing it, like Kim Kardashian, Khloe Kardashian. Um, I told you Al Roker. So they make it all popular. <laughs> Halle Berry. I think. Halle Berry, yeah, she's another one. And they boast on how much they've lost weight and uh, stuff like that. So I think it's important to mention fiber. Um, you know, a lot of people say, uh, especially when you're carnivore, cause you're getting zero fiber. Um, so usually the first thing that people ask me is how often do you poop? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> when I was carnivore, especially, and my answer is like enough, I poop enough. Um, so, and most people think, you know, some people think you need to poop like three times a day. 
it depends on the person. Sometimes they eat a lot of fiber and that, that's how much they poop. Well, but, my, colonic, my colonic guy said you have to poop three times a day after each time you eat. He has the charts what? in his office. Wow, that's, yeah. uh, that's a lot to me. Uh, and anyway, you have to have, so, it has to be a large amount. Like he has the charts on what it looks like and what's going on in your body. You know, it's very interesting. And then he sells this special chair that you or a special stool that you're supposed to put your legs on to poop a certain oh. way that's no, better for the colon. You use so it. that's actually true, by the way. Squatty potty is that, great. Yes. I have the squatty potty, by the way. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> squatty potty, is that what it's called? Those are great. Yes. Yeah. That's that is actually the preferred position. So Indians have actually been squatting for years. We never use the seat. Like if you see most Indian toilets, it's actually where you squat down in a particular position. And uh, that is actually, that is, I think, proven to be the best position to go to the loo in. Like it is the easiest way to get it out, so to speak. Yeah, it is. It, once you use it for a while, I, I bought like the travel one. So I can, it folds up. Yeah, because <laughs> so it's, I, I, I love it. Yeah, it's so much easier. It's the best way to describe it. It, it works great. But oh, to go yeah. back to fiber, the amount of poops. So when I was carnivore, yes, I pooped less, but that's because I wasn't eating fiber. But I wasn't constipated. Just because you poop less doesn't mean you're constipated. Constipation means you're having pain and extremely hard stools. And bloating. That's, that's you, yeah, 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 you can have bloating too. But like those, just because you don't poop as often doesn't mean you're constipated. Like as long as you poop normal or, you know, a, a normal, uh, what's it? Um, you're not constipated, that's what I'm trying to say. And so yeah, I was pooping less, but I wasn't eating much fiber. My body was absorbing most of that, you know? Um, so that's a big thing. So you don't need fiber. Fiber's there to, to, it does help gut bacteria, but a lot of people say, you know, if just because the gut bacteria is there doesn't mean you really need to feed it. Like it doesn't need to be there. Like you don't have no, to have a certain, you don't have to have a certain gut bacteria to be to, to be optimal and functional just fine. Like, so my point is like, um, if you eat a ton of fiber, then you're gonna probably gonna have a lot of different gut bacteria, which is fine if you don't mind being bloating and pooping four or five times a day and having to eat so much. And yeah, if that's how you wanna live your life, go for it. But I, to me, I just like to eat some meat and not have to feel like that all the time. Fiber's not necessary. No. You know who else is making the carnivore diet popular is that guy, Jordan Peterson. He's yeah. a guy from Canada. Like he's really huge and big on it. And he's like, all I eat is red meat. Like he eats once or yeah. twice a day, the same thing. And he says yeah. he feels fine. You know? Yeah, he got his daughter is what got him on it because his daughter has right his has daughter history of crazy health issues, rheumatoid arthritis, has tons of surgeries because of arthritic conditions, skin problems. You should go and look at her history. She's had tons of trouble. The only thing that she's found to work is only eating meat. When she got rid of all vegetables and all fruit and everything else, her, her health changed dramatically for the better. And it's she's very eating, interesting. You know, yeah. And she had a she had a, a child after she went. She went, she couldn't get pregnant either. And she she did have a get pregnant after switching the car. I think it was pretty much after going to carnivore. Thank wow. You. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan Peterson's pretty big on it. And then Sean Baker is another big advocate um, on Twitter and social media to look up at it. Cool. So um, 
other than pooping, I take fiber. I take the psyllium fiber. Um, I take it a couple times a week and stuff like that. I mean, I, I've had a lot of weird gut issues, um, but that's just me. So, uh, <laughs> that's just you. There's a really cool book if you want to learn more about it called Fiber Menace that I recommend. Fiber Menace. Yeah, it's a really cool book about all about fiber. Huh. I'm going to look that up. I know you're so, you're like so very well read. You read a lot of books and you're always sending me stuff. So it, I love to read. So um, I'm going to look that out. Fiber Menace. Very interesting. So anything else um, you gentlemen would like to add on the ketogenic diet? Anything we've missed? Oh, I have sent you a list of stuff. Um, I can ramble. I'll try to ramble through it. <laughs> I guess we could touch on Go that. Go ahead. Go for it. Uh, I'll try to keep it short. Um, a lot of people think that, you know, you need glucose um, or else you're going to die. But a lot of people don't know that your body will manufacture its own glucose with the, the liver can manufacture its own. And um, so you don't, it's not a necessary, it's not necessary to eat carbs and people are proving it more and more now when they're going carnivore. So your body can make its own glucose that it needs in the, in the brain because some parts of the brain and other parts of the body need glycogen and glucose. Um, and you will die without fat and protein. You will die within you know weeks depending on um, your current level or whatever. But you, carbs are not necessary. They're nice every once in a while, but not necessary. So I'd like to point that out. Um, let's see, we talked about fat phobia. What else? Oh, oh labs. This is big for nursing. Yeah, big, labs. Big for nursing. So I, perspective to all this is we're not going into the deep science of keto or whatever, but I think it's good to have a, a good perspective on things. Um, lab values are based on a typical, wh whoever studied them, let's just say Americans, like typical lab values of Americans who eat the way a typical American eats. And they, they gathered all these people up and these lab values up and had an average of their, when they were relatively healthy. So it's based on people who eat maybe a standard American diet, maybe a little bit better than a standard American diet, yes. So when you're doing lab tests on someone like me, my labs might be a little off. My LDL might be really high, but that's because my body's using LDL for fuel. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. It's just that's the fuel that my body's using and converting and pushing everything around. So I'm not really worried about that if my LDL is a little high. It's like, well, yeah, I eat a lot of fat, so of course it's going to be high. Um, so another, the other um, lab values or it might be a little skewed um, when you look at someone like me or someone who eats mostly meat or keto. It might be a little bit off. Like my glucose that day was 32, but I was walking around fine. I was reading. I actually worked out that day. Wow. And and people, I mean, someone they look at it, they're like, oh my God, let's give stat B50 now. This guy's going to die. And I'm like, oh, chill. I'm <laughs> fine, you know? And ER, like that would be a medical emergency. Right. right. But I think so, your body just acclimated to it, you yeah. know? And it just slowly went down. I measured it at the end of every day and it slowly kind of going, went down as the ketones went up. Um, but yeah, that's the main thing with like labs. I want people to recognize that they're based on a common population. Right. I mean, because all the kids that I do that are obese, uh, the 200 pounders plus, uh, you know, their cholesterol through the roof, um, their LDL, their triglycerides, whew, you know, because they're eating a lot of fast food, a lot of like really bad fats and they're not mm -hmm. exercising and they're eating a lot of carbs and a lot of sugar. So immense amounts of sugar because it, they eat those box cereals, you know, um, cinnamon toast crunch, you know, the, the honey nut Cheerios, all that crap. So 
Yeah, you gotta look at the whole picture, the whole yeah. patient. Yeah. You don't look at one lab value and say, this 12 year old needs to be on a statin. Exactly, <laughs> and in, in the pharmaceutical company I worked for, they sold um, statins and uh, the cholesterol drug, uh, Lipitor, I think it was, I'm not exactly sure if it was Lipitor, one of the ones um and the reps would just take it i was like oh why are you taking the cholesterol drug and they're like oh just because preventive and then they would eat like the most grotesque like fatty foods and stuff or like stuff and they're drinking and they're this and that and i'm like that's not how it works i mean even with my father one day my father's 85 and he's all because we have a home here in Palm Springs and we have, um, you know, we live in Los Angeles as well. So my parents were out here in Palm Springs and my dad was like, oh, I left my cholesterol pills at home. And I was like, that's okay. You know, you're going to only be here like three or four days. You won't die. He's like, no, I need to take my cholesterol pills. So I went to go get him a refill. And, um, and then what does he do? He goes to the buffet and he's eating like the worst <laughs> foods possible. <laughs> Yeah. you know just like loading up and i'm like that's not what you're supposed to do you know so right that that's so funny. i just watched, but that's uh, the typical that's the typical that reminds me of the last episode of modern family do you watch modern family i don't I, i've watched okay. a few episodes but um the the older guy who was played in married with children i forgot his name but ed something yeah anyway they he had a bunch of sausage and he was like hurry make this sausage i took an extra statin <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> like so just covering up masking yeah it's silly uh one other thing one other important point to point out since a lot of people are doing this for fat loss uh just a couple of little things i want to mention um calories still matter yes calories are kind of an arbitrary measurement we just because it's just amount of energy you burn and what is it i forgot what it was how much energy i forgot what the exact thing is but how much energy you burn in a vacuum or something like that it's just a measurement for energy. It's best to think of energy in, energy out. That still applies. So if you want to lose weight, you need to burn more energy than you take in. There are easier ways to do that than others. Um, I personally think um, if you pushing back that first meal of the day is the best thing. So the intermittent fasting thing, because you wake up in the morning, you haven't eaten for whatever, 10 hours or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. so if you just kind of keep going, you're going to burn your energy and then you eat a little bit here and there. Um, you can go, I'm not, you know, a really big guy, but I went five days without eating and I was fine. So, I mean, you can yeah. go longer without eating and be okay. It might not be the most pleasant experience, but don't feel like you got to eat eight meals a day, six to eight meals a day. That's not true. You really do not need to do that, especially if you're eating good quality stuff. So that's my point of, it could be easier. If you eat good quality you know, fat and protein, you'll stay fuller for longer. It'll be easier to reduce those calories because your body's not starving for nutrients. That's an important point. That's true. That's a great point to make. I like the energy in, energy out. And I'm going to start teaching my patients that because they don't, a lot of them don't understand the concept because they're not aware of what is going on. It's a very subconscious thing. Like they're doing a lot of um, subconscious eating or just stress eating and not aware of what they're eating, which is one of the biggest things that I teach is to start with a diet journal. You know, a lot of times I only have 10 to 15 minutes to talk to my patients. So they're not open to what's going on. So the first thing I, I suggest is like start, start writing down everything you eat. And so the next time they come in, then we start looking at what's going on. 
um, and, and seeing what the behavior is. So he'll, anything you wanted to add? And, and what? I said, and, and when, when you eat is important too. And when you eat is important. I think that's yeah. a great point because a lot of these kids are so used to eating cereal before they go to bed at night, which is the worst mm. thing you could possibly yeah. do, you know, especially after salmon. You know, I'm like, why are you doing that? And they don't even know. So you got to give a little time. I try to eat personally. I try to eat four to five hours before I go to bed is my last meal. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was getting a lot of reflux. So I, I really try to eat, um, stop eating around six or so seven. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's difficult when you're on vacation and stuff, but hey. Yeah. So yeah, your cat's making another appearance. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so Sigiel, anything you want to add? Um, nothing particular, but yeah, I'm, I'm with what Ben says basically about calories still like being relevant when you want to lose weight because there's so many people on keto who just think keto is like this magic diet where you can just eat bacon and eggs <laughs> and steak and you're not going to gain any weight. You're just going to drop the pounds like, you know, and I think um, it's kind of important to realize that Keto, just like any other diet, requires a certain discipline, a certain amount of commitment to it, you know. uh, And I think it has come to a point where keto, unfortunately, has become a fad diet to lose weight. You know, whether we like it or not, as uh, people who uh, are doing keto or who promote the keto lifestyle, uh, you got to take it for what it is. You know, it may not, we may not like the fact that it's become a cool and a fad diet. Like, oh, I want to lose pounds let me do the keto diet two weeks and you know that's actually happening so i think people need to understand that keto uh, is not a magic pill you know if you want to do keto you got to understand that it is a commitment it's not a quick fix for your weight problems because if you do keto for 10 15 days you might just lose some water weight and the moment you go back to your old eating habits which were bad in the first place you're going to gain that you're going to gain it back and you'll gain it back faster. And then it'll be even harder to lose it the next time, you know? So it's kind of important that if you think you can't do keto, don't do keto. Find a way of eating that is sustainable for you. Something that you can actually do long-term, you know, whether that's uh, low carb or low fat or paleo or vegan or whatever, carnivore, as long as you can sustain what you're doing because otherwise you'll just go back to well you know what <laughs> yeah it's very true very true yeah i'm gonna touch on that too it's it's you got to give it time most people think they do it for a week and now oh, i feel like crap like yeah you did it for a week you gotta do it for a good give it a good month like you're gonna yeah it's not gonna be the greatest thing after um, a week or two you're gonna start feeling better um you believe it or not your cravings will go down your taste buds will change everything. You're going to crave meat. I mean, I, I, I find a lot of people that give it that much time to, it's not going to suck always. Like you got to get through the first couple of weeks and give it some time and you will adapt and your cravings will go down. Um, if you, if you do it smartly and, and consciously. And, I think that's and a good I'll, point that you're bringing up though, um, because there is the keto flu. Yeah. Like, you know, about the keto flu. It's like when you first start within the first, couple of days, I've kind of had the keto flu. And I think that's just a buildup of all the protein or that's going on. And you detoxing just kind of... from carbs. So, oh, so you your, think it's a detox? Your body's used to burning carbs for fuel. 
and when it has to switch over to burning fat, there's some time period that you have to adjust to fat burning. Yeah. Yeah. And it just makes you feel tired, um, kind of sick, a little bit achy for me, you know? Um, and I just try to drink as much water just to flush it out personally. So keep going I think you've got to look at it as, sorry. You've got to look at it as like, you can't wake up one morning and run a marathon if you've never exercised a day in your life, right? Yeah. <laughs> great point. So your body has been burning carbs for whatever number of years that you've been around and and now suddenly you're like, buddy, no carbs for you. And your body's like, dude, give me some carbs. I'm going to rebel. I'm going to... It, it's going to look around. And I think a lot of people are still able to manage because they have their electrolytes because your body's no longer retaining water and people do, if, if you, you know, get your electrolytes in, you can minimize the effect of the keto flu. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And one bit of, to touch on a little bit of psychology here that I like to point out is we, like when you see people that do, let's say lap band surgeries and reduce a lot of weight that way or something like that, they didn't go through the, the hardship and the pain and suffering of reducing that weight. They did, to me, they didn't earn it. So they gained it back. So when right. you earn I've seen a lot of people gain it back with the lap band yeah. surgeries. So yeah. you have to earn the weight loss. And to me, that involves some suffering and some pain. It takes a while, but you will feel way better and you will keep it off because you went through it. So remember, as you're going through it, like, this is going to be worth it. I'm suffering. I'm in pain, but it's going to be worth it in the end because I'm earning this. Yeah, that, I, I guess. <laughs> I don't if like suffering in pain. If that works for you. <laughs> and I did, you know, I, I've had some suffering and pains. I just see it, to me, I see it as a detox. Like I'm just cleansing my body and it's mm-hmm. getting rid of toxins and um, eventually I'll feel good. I mean, when I first started on the keto, I, and now I go and I bump back and forth, I've never felt as bad as I did the first time that I did it. Now I, I, I tend to feel better. I think my body's acclimated to it. And um, the certain days that I do either drink a little alcohol or have some carbs uh, late at night in the morning, I'll wake up with brain fog and I'm like, why can't I focus today? Like, why can't I write? And then I go, oh, it's and I attributed to either the sugary alcohol. It's usually, usually not like a red wine, but it's something that has a lot of sugar, like more of a champagne or something. Uh, mixed with the carb. So great point. Okay, so closing, um, anything that you guys want to pitch, promote? Uh, both of you are musicians. What are you working on, Ben? Musician-wise? Horns <laughs> uh, up. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't play in any bands or anything, but yes, I am a musician, so that's kind of a fun coincidence. I play a few instruments, but... I don't play professionally or anything. Promotion-wise, uh, I don't promote anything. You play, on, you play on Instagram. You put your yeah, videos I mean, on Instagram. You can, you can follow me on Instagram, benjam2112. Uh, I don't sell anything. I just kind of post there for inspiration. Um, yeah, you can chat with me on there and find me on there. Cool. Sahil, anything that you're working on? Yeah. Well, musically, I'm actually taking a bit of a break now to kind of just get my skills back up to speed and just getting out and practice having a good time with it. 
Uh, find all my recipes on headbangerskitchen.com and you can follow at headbangerskitchen on Instagram. And uh, uh, the only thing I'm really selling right now are t-shirts. So if any of you need a t-shirt, you can hit me up. Super cool. Yeah. And um, I will uh, put all the links to um, Headbangers Kitchen on the end of the podcast. So you could go ahead and click on there and please follow Sahil's channel. His, I love, like I said, he's one of my favorites. I've tried other people. Other people are kind of boring compared to, <laughs> in my opinion, I need to be entertained all the time if I'm watching a YouTube channel or even going to a conference or what have you. So um, very entertaining. Okay. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen, for being on and, um, you know, awesome. Keep on uh, ketoing. I don't know what to say. <laughs> that works. <laughs> right? Keep on ketoing. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. It keep, was up and keep ketoing. Yeah. Yeah. Keep on ketoing. Fun thank discussion. You. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Nurses and Hypochondriacs. We would so appreciate you giving us a five-star rating. And don't forget to download the Nurse Backpack app. It's free. It's easy to use. It's great credential management. It's secure. It's safe. It gives you expiration date reminders, puts together a resume package for you, and you get the ability to send documents and your resume to anyone. Go ahead, download the app today. The link is at the end of the podcast notes. Also follow us at Nurses and Hypochondriacs on Facebook, Nurses and Hypocon on Twitter, and on Instagram, we're under Rogue Nurse Media. Till next time.